Welcome to episode five of All About Fostering, the podcast from the Fostering Network. I'm David Egborough, and this episode we'll be discussing the fostering stocktake in England, the recommendations from the report, and what it might mean for the future of fostering. The report was commissioned by the Department for Education back in 2016 and published in February 2018. It was carried out by Sir Martin Neri, who is the former chief executive of Bernardo's and former government adoption czar, and also Mark Owers, who is the children's social worker and father to two adopted children. The pair gathered verbal and written evidence from individuals and organisations from within the fostering sector over 12 months, including the Fostering Network and its members. So what did the Fostering Network make of the report? I spoke to the charity's chief executive, Kevin Williams. In 2016, when Edward Timpson, the then Children's Minister, announced the stop taking to fostering, the Fostering Network was pleased. We recognised that this was the third part of the care system although the largest part of the care system, that had not had a review undertaken. We'd had a review into adoption, we'd had a review into residential care, and it was absolutely about time that people considered the biggest part of the care system to undertake a review. Today, I have to say that I'm speaking with disappointment that the review has not lived up to the expectations that we had. A review which reads more to me of an opinion piece than based on fact a review that does not have the voice of foster care at its heart, a review which does not look fully at the vast amount of evidence and consultation that it was presented with. So, initial positivity followed by disappointment, but what were some of the reasons for this disappointment? What the reviewers, Sir Martin Neri and Mark Owers, both recognised was that foster care is a success story. And I believe that when there's a success story, we ought to sing loud and proud about those successes. Part of that success story is the way that foster carers are supported, from a supervising social worker to the child social worker to the IRO and others working as a team to support that child. And for many children, that success story is around finding them alternative long-term families, whilst maintaining their relationship with their birth families. We know that those relationships being maintained can be challenging. It was therefore with sadness that the main recommendation or conclusion from the stop take was that we are looking for children to exit the care system, either through the introduction of special guardianship orders or through adoption from foster care. I recognise and know that permanence is a really important issue for young people and stability of their relationships. If exits from care such as SGOs and adoption are to be considered, we run the risk of that placement being disrupted, that young person and the foster carer feeling and being unsettled, and ultimately run the risk of foster care not being seen as the permanent option that it is for the vast majority of children who enter the care system in need of long-term care arrangements. The report's recommendations regarding permanence options may reflect a slight misunderstanding of fostering. A lack of knowledge or understanding was also highlighted in other areas of the report. Of the large number of children that come into care each year, there will be a group of children for whom care is a short-term arrangement whilst work is undertaken to rehabilitate them back with their family. For other young people coming into care, 
there will be a need for permanence, a need for their entire childhood to be spent being looked after by foster carers, but maintaining their relationship with their birth families. Care might also be needed for young people on a respite basis, both to support them, but also to support their families. The stock take recognised that fostering isn't a single entity. In fact, it recognises that DfE have eight separate definitions of different types of fostering. So one of the sadnesses, I think, from the stock take was to continue to talk about the fostering system as if it was a single system and to make recommendations based on the fact that it is a single system. The only single defining issue for foster care that's similar is that it is young people being cared for for a period of time. The report also threw up a debate about how we label foster carers. Are they carers or are they parents? I asked Kevin which side of the debate he came down on. I'm absolutely clear. The role is foster carer. How children and young people choose to address their carers is entirely a matter for them and their carers. For some, it will be perfectly appropriate for foster carers to be called mum and dad, uncle or auntie, or simply by their first names. That is a red herring in terms of understanding what the real issues around the relationship that exists between the foster carer and the young person. It is that relationship which transforms young people's lives, not the title or the definition that the foster carer is called by. Another key discussion within the fostering sector at the moment is the professionalisation of foster carers. The review, like the Education Select Committee, determined that foster carers weren't professionals. And I understand that because there are different definitions about what defines a professional. But what is key is that foster carers are seen as an equal and important part of the team around the child and the team around the child's family. Foster carers, through the relationships that they develop with young people, are integral in helping young people come to terms with the issues that have led to them coming into care, repairing some of the challenges that those young people have faced and helping them to move forward so that they can go on to lead fruitful and fulfilling childhoods but also help through that transition into adulthood. It is foster carers and their relationships with young people that make the most important difference. That is why it's essential that foster carers are seen as an equal and important part of the team around the child. It comes to a heart of the culture of the care system and the way that foster carers are treated. We live in a society where care is not valued and the fostering system epitomises that in the way that it does not value the real contribution that foster carers make, whether that be through the way that they are paid, whether it be through the way that they are supported, but most importantly, it is through the fact that their voice is often not heard and absolutely not given the same prevalence as other professionals. So given this reportedly low status of foster carers, how are their views reflected in the final report? I felt that the review did not hold the voice of foster carers at its heart, something which I think was a fundamental mistake. Instead, I think that those people with a vested interest to maintain the system and the processes and the structure as it currently exists, their voice was central. And I think that was an error, a mistake. 
clearly we are living at times where there are financial constraints on children's services and it seemed to me that some of the issues around those financial constraints were considered to be more important than a real vision for what foster care could be and should be in order to meet the needs of our most disadvantaged young people. And finally, an issue that we covered in our previous podcast, which, by the way, I can thoroughly recommend. What did the stock take say about staying put? Staying put being the name for post-18 provision in England. Childhood prepares people for adulthood. Young people coming into the care system, that is no different. What we have recognised within social care is that we used to move children into independence at far too young an age. As a social worker, I remember placing 16 and 17-year-olds into some of the poorest accommodation with least support when they were the least well-educated in terms of exam results. We know that the cost to the state if we move young people too soon, financially as well as emotionally for those young people, is vast. The increase in requirements around mental health, issues around homelessness and real pressures for young people in terms of isolation. The stock take was shameful in the fact that it did not recognise fostering as a permanent option and the need for fostering to continue beyond the 18th birthday of young people to enable them to transition successfully into adults. Well, there you have it, the Fostering Network's response to the fostering stocktake in England. Thank you to Kevin for his time. The Fostering Network has now submitted further evidence in reaction to the report and is working alongside the Department for Education and others in the sector ahead of the government's response to the report. There's more about the stocktake report and our response at thefosteringnetwork.org.uk. There are also details of the ongoing care inquiry in Scotland, and the review of care in Wales, as well as information on how to become a foster carer and the membership benefits of the Fostering Network. The music in this podcast is called Heartwarming by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Thank you for listening.